Chapter Fifth of *The Heart of Midlothian* by Sir Walter Scott. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. And need and misery, vice and danger, bind in sad alliance each degraded mind. As our traveller set out early on the ensuing morning to prosecute her journey and was in the act of leaving the inn-yard dick ostler who either had risen early or neglected to go to bed either circumstance being equally incident to his calling hollowed out after her the top of the morning to you muggy have a care of gunderby hill young one robin hood's dead and gone but there be takers yet in the vale of beaver jeanie looked at him as if to request a farther explanation but with a leer a shuffle and a shrug inimitable unless by emery dick turned again to the raw-boned steed which he was currying and sung as he employed the comb and brush robin hood was a yeoman right good and his bow was of trusty yew and if robin said stand on the king's leland pray why should not we say so too jeanie pursued her journey without farther inquiry for there was nothing in dick's manner that inclined her to prolong their conference a painful day's journey brought her to ferrybridge the best inn then and since upon the great northern road and an introduction from mrs bickerton added to her own simple and quiet manners so propitiated the landlady of the swan in her favour that the good dame procured her the convenient accommodation of a pillion and post-horse then returning to tuxford so that she accomplished upon the second day after leaving york the longest journey she had yet made she was a good deal fatigued by a mode of travelling to which she was less accustomed than to walking and it was considerably later than usual on the ensuing morning that she felt herself able to resume her pilgrimage at noon the hundred armed trent and the blackened ruins of newark castle demolished in the great civil war lay before her it may easily be supposed that jeanie had no curiosity to make antiquarian researches but entering the town went straight to the inn to which she had been directed at ferrybridge while she procured some refreshment she observed the girl who brought it to her looked at her several times with fixed and peculiar interest and at last to her infinite surprise inquired if her name was not deans and if she was not a scotchwoman going to london upon justice business jeanie with all her simplicity of character had some of the caution of her country and according to scottish universal custom she answered the question by another requesting the girl would tell her why she asked these questions 
the meritorns of the saracen's head newark replied two women had passed that morning who had made inquiries after one genie deans travelling to london on such an errand and could scarce be persuaded that she had not passed on much surprised and somewhat alarmed for what is inexplicable is usually alarming genie questioned the wench about the particular appearance of these two women but could only learn that the one was aged and the other young that the latter was the taller and that the former spoke most and seemed to maintain an authority over her companion and that both spoke with the scottish accent this conveyed no information whatever and with an indescribable presentiment of evil designed towards her genie adopted the resolution of taking post-horses for the next stage in this however she could not be gratified some accidental circumstances had occasioned what is called a run upon the road and the landlord could not accommodate her with a guide and horses after waiting some time in hopes that a pair of horses that had gone southward would return in time for her use she at length feeling ashamed at her own pusillanimity resolved to prosecute her journey in her usual manner it was all plain road she was assured except a high mountain called gunnerby hill about three miles from grantham which was her stage for the night i'm glad to hear there's a hill said janey for both my sight and my very feet are weary of sick tracks of level ground it looks all the way between this and york as if all the land had been trenched and levelled whilk is very wearisome to my scotch eye when i lost sight of a muckle blue hill they call ingleborough i thought i hadna a friend left in this strange land as for the matter of that young woman said mine host and you be so fond of hill i carena an thou couldst carry gunnerby away with thee in thy lap for it's a murder to post horses but here's to thy journey and mayest thou win well through it for thou is a bold and a canny lass so saying he took a powerful pull at a solemn tankard of home-brewed ale i hope there is no bad company on the road sir said Jeanie. why when it's clean without them i'll thatch groby pool with pancakes but there arena so many now and since they have lost jim the rat they hold together no better than the men of marsham when they lost their common take a drop ere thou goest he concluded offering her the tankard thou wilt get nothing at night save grantham gruel nine grots and a gallon of water Jeanie courteously declined the tankard and inquired what was her lying thy lying heaven help thee wench what canst thou that it is i was wanting to ken what was to pay replied Jeanie. pay lord help thee 
why not woman we have drawn no liquor but a gill of beer and the saracen's head can spare a mouthful of meat to a stranger like of thee that cannot speak christian language so here's to thee once more the same again quoth mark of belgrave and he took another profound pull at the tankard the travellers who have visited newark more lately will not fail to remember the remarkable civil and gentlemanly manners of the person who now keeps the principal inn there and may find some amusement in contrasting them with those of his more rough predecessor but we believe it will be found that the polish has worn off none of the real worth of the metal taking leave of her lincolnshire guys jeanie resumed her solitary walk and was somewhat alarmed when evening and twilight overtook her in the open ground which extends to the foot of gunnerby hill and is intersected with patches of copse and with swampy spots the extensive commons on the north road most of which are now enclosed and in general a relaxed state of police exposed the traveller to a highway robbery in a degree which is now unknown except in the immediate vicinity of the metropolis aware of this circumstance jeanie mended her pace when she heard the trampling of a horse behind and instinctively drew to one side of the road as if to allow as much room for the rider to pass as might be possible when the animal came up she found that it was bearing two women the one placed on a side-saddle the other on a pillion behind her as may still occasionally be seen in england a bra good night to ye jeanie deans said the foremost female as the horse passed our heroine what think ye of yon bonny hill yonder lifting its brow to the moon trow ye yawns the gate to heaven that ye are so fain off maybe we will win there the night yet god save us though our many hears rather dray in the upgang the speaker kept changing her seat in the saddle and half stopping the horse as she brought her body round while the woman that sat behind her on the pillion seemed to urge her on in words which jeanie heard but imperfectly hand your tongue ye moon-raised bitch what is your business with her or with heaven or hell either troth mither no muckle with heaven i doubt considering what i'd carry ahint me and as for hell it will fight its own battle at its own time eyes be bound come niggy trot away man and as thou wert a broomstick for a witch rides thee with my kerch on my foot and my shoe on my hand i glance like the wild fire through brew and through land the tramp of the horse and the increasing distance drowned the rest of her song but jeanie heard for some time the inarticulate sounds ring along the waste our pilgrim remained stupefied with undefined apprehensions 
the being named by her name in so wild a manner and in a strange country without farther explanation or communing by a person who thus strangely flitted forward and disappeared before her came near to the supernatural sounds in comus the airy tongues which syllable men's names on sands and shores and desert wildernesses and although widely different in features deportment and rank from the lady of that enchanting mask the continuation of the passage may be happily applied to jeanie deans upon this singular alarm these thoughts may startle well but not astound the virtuous mind that ever walks attended by a strong siding champion conscience in fact it was with the recollection of the affectionate and dutiful errand on which she was engaged her right if such a word could be applicable to expect protection in a task so meritorious she had not advanced much farther with a mind calmed by these reflections when she was disturbed by a new and more instant subject of terror two men who had been lurking among some copse started up as she advanced and met her on the road in a menacing manner stand and deliver one of them said a short stout fellow in a smock frock such as are worn by wagoners the woman said the other a tall thin figure does not understand the words of action your money my precious or your life i have but very little money gentlemen said poor jeanie tendering that portion which she had separated from her principal stock and kept apart for such an emergency but if you are resolved to have it to be sure you must have it this won't do my girl damn me if it shall pass said the shorter ruffian do ye think gentlemen are to hazard their lives on the road to be cheated in this way we'll have every farthing you have got or we will strip you to the skin curse me his companion who seemed to have something like compassion for the horror which jeanie's countenance now expressed said no no tom this is one of the precious sisters and we'll take her word for once without putting her to the stripping proof hark ye my lass if ye look up to heaven and say this is the last penny you have about ye why hang it we'll let you pass i am not free answered jeanie to say what i have about me gentlemen for there's life and death depends on my journey but if you leave me as much as finds me bread and water i'll be satisfied and thank you and pray for you damn your prayers said the shorter fellow that's a coin that won't pass with us and at the same time made a motion to seize her stay gentlemen ratcliffe's pass suddenly occurring to her perhaps you know this paper what the devil is she after now frank said the more savage ruffian do you look at it for damn me if i could read it if it were for the benefit of my clergy 
this is a jark from jim ratcliffe said the taller having looked at the bit of paper the wench must pass by our cutter's law i say no answered his companion rat has left the lay and turned bloodhound they say we may need a good turn from him all the same said the taller ruffian again but what are we to do then said the shorter man we promised you know to strip the wench and send her begging back to her own beggarly country and now you are for letting her go on i did not say that said the other fellow and whispered to his companion who replied be alive about it then and don't keep chattering till some travellers come up to nab us you must follow us off the road young woman said the taller for the love of god exclaimed jeanie as you were born of woman dinna ask me to leave the road rather take all i have in the world what the devil is the wench afraid of said the other fellow i tell you you shall come to no harm but if you leave not the road and come with us damn me but i'll beat your brains out where you stand thou art a rough bear tom said his companion and ye touch her i'll give ye a shake by the collar shall make the leicester beans rattle in thy guts never mind him girl i will not allow him to lay a finger on you if you walk quietly on with us but if you keep jabbering there damn me but i'll leave him to settle it with you this threat conveyed all that is terrible to the imagination of poor jeanie who saw in him that was of milder mood her only protection from the most brutal treatment she therefore not only followed him but even held him by the sleeve lest he should escape from her and the fellow hardened as he was seemed something touched by these marks of confidence and repeatedly assured her that he would suffer her to receive no harm they conducted their prisoner in a direction leading more and more from the public road but she observed that they kept a sort of track or by-path which relieved her from part of her apprehensions which would have been greatly increased had they not seemed to follow a determined and ascertained route after about half an hour's walking all three in profound silence they approached an old barn which stood on the edge of some cultivated ground but remote from everything like a habitation it was itself however tenanted for there was light in the windows one of the footpads scratched at the door which was opened by a female and they entered with their unhappy prisoner an old woman who was preparing food by the assistance of a stifling fire of lighted charcoal asked them in the name of the devil what they brought the wench therefore and why they did not strip her and turn her abroad on the common come come mother blood said the tall man we'll do what's right to oblige you and we'll do no more we are bad enough but not such as you would make us devils incarnate 
she has got a jark from jim ratcliffe said the short fellow and frank here won't hear of our putting her through the mill no that i will not by god answered frank but if old mother blood would keep her here for a little while or send her back to scotland without hurting her why i see no harm in that not i i'll tell you what frank levitt said the old woman if you call me mother blood again i'll paint this gully and she held a knife up as if about to make good her threat in the best blood in your body my bonny boy the price of ointment must be up in the north said frank that puts mother blood so much out of humour without a moment's hesitation the fury darted her knife at him with the vengeful dexterity of a wild indian as he was on his guard he avoided the missile by a sudden motion of his head but it whistled past his ear and stuck deep in the clay wall of a partition behind come come mother said the robber seizing her by both wrists i shall teach you who's master and so saying he forced the hag backwards by main force who strove vehemently until she sunk on a bunch of straw and then letting go her hands he held up his finger towards her in the menacing posture by which a maniac is intimidated by his keeper it appeared to produce the desired effect for she did not attempt to rise from the seat on which he had placed her or to resume any measures of actual violence but wrung her withered hands with impotent rage and brayed and howled like a demoniac i will keep my promise with you you old devil said frank the wench shall not go forward on the london road but i will not have you touch a hair of her head if it were but for your insolence this intimation seemed to compose in some degree the vehement passion of the old hag and while her exclamations and howls sunk into a low maundering growling tone of voice another personage was added to this singular party eh frank levitt said this newcomer who entered with a hop step and jump which at once conveyed her from the door into the centre of the party were ye killing our mother or were ye cutting the grunters weasand that tam brought in this morning or have ye been reading your prayers backward to bring up my old acquaintance the devil among ye the tone of the speaker was so particular that jeanie immediately recognized the woman who had rode foremost of the pair which passed her just before she met the robbers a circumstance which greatly increased her terror as it served to show that the mischief designed against her was premeditated though by whom or for what cause she was totally at a loss to conjecture from the style of her conversation the reader also may probably acknowledge in this female an old acquaintance in the earlier part of our narrative out ye mad devil said tom 
whom she had disturbed in the middle of a draught of some liquor with which he had found means of accommodating himself betwixt your bess of bedlam pranks and your dam's frenzies a man might live quieter in the devil's ken than here and he again resumed the broken jug out of which he had been drinking and what's this of it said the mad woman dancing up to jeanie deans who although in great terror yet watched the scene with a resolution to let nothing pass unnoticed which might be serviceable in assisting her to escape or informing her as to the true nature of her situation and the danger attending it what's this of it again exclaimed madge wildfire douse davy deans the old doited wig body's daughter in a gypsy's barn and the night setting in this is a sight for sore eye eh sirs the falling off of the godly and the t'other sisters in the tolbooth of edinburgh i am very sorry for her for my share it's my mother wusses ill to her and no me though maybe i have as muckle cause hark ye madge said the taller ruffian you have not such a touch of the devil's blood as the hag your mother who may be his dam for what i know take this young woman to your kennel and do not let the devil enter though he should ask in god's name ow ay that i will frank said madge taking hold of jeanie by the arm and pulling her along for it's no for decent christian young ladies like her and me to be keeping the like of you and tyburn tam company at this time of night so good evenin to ye sirs and many of them and may ye all sleep till the hangman waken ye and then it will be well for the country she then as her wild fancy seemed suddenly to prompt her walked demurely towards her mother who seated by the charcoal fire with the reflection of the red light on her withered and distorted features marked by every evil passion seemed the very picture of hecate at her infernal rites and suddenly dropping on her knees said with the manner of a six years old child mammy hear me say my prayers before i go to bed and say god bless my bonny face as ye used to do lang syne the devil flay the hide of it to sole his brogues with said the old lady aiming a buffet at the supplicant in answer to her duteous request the blow missed madge who being probably acquainted by experience with the mode in which her mother was wont to confer her maternal benedictions slipped out of arm's length with great dexterity and quickness the hag then started up and seizing a pair of old fire-tongs would have amended her motion by beating out the brains either of her daughter or jeanie she did not seem greatly to care which when her hand was once more arrested by the man whom they called frank lovett who seizing her by the shoulder flung her from him with great violence exclaiming 
what mother damnable again and in my sovereign presence hark ye madge of bedlam get to your hole with your playfellow or we shall have the devil to pay here and nothing to pay him with madge took levitt's advice retreating as fast as she could and dragging jeanie along with her into a sort of recess partitioned off from the rest of the barn and filled with straw from which it appeared that it was intended for the purpose of slumber the moonlight shone through an open hole upon a pillion a pack-saddle and one or two wallets the travelling furniture of madge and her amiable mother now saw ye ever in your life said madge so dainty a chamber of dias see as the moon shines down so collar on the fresh straw there's no a pleasanter cell in bedlam for as braw a place as it is on the outside were ye ever in bedlam no answered jeanie faintly appalled by the question and the way in which it was put yet willing to soothe her insane companion being in circumstances so unhappily precarious that even the society of this gibbering madwoman seemed a species of protection never in bedlam said madge as if with some surprise but ye'll have been in the cells at edinburgh never repeated jeanie well i think that daft carls the magistrates send nobody to bedlam but me the mon have an unco respect for me for whenever i am brought to them they i have me back to bedlam but troth jeanie she said this in a very confidential tone to tell ye my private mind about it i think ye are at no great loss for the keeper's a cross-patch and he maun have it all his own gate to be sure or he makes the place worse than hell i often tell him he's the daftest in all the house but what are they makin such a skirling for devil one of them's get in here it wouldna be mensful i will sit with my back against the door it winna be that easy stirring me madge 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 wildfire madge devil what have ye done with the horse was repeatedly asked by the men without he's even at his supper poor thing answered madge devil and ye were at yours too and it were scotting brimstone and then we would have less of your din his supper answered the more sulky ruffian what do you mean by that tell me where he is or i will knock your bedlam brains out he's in gaffer gablewood's wheat clothes and ye mon ken his wheat clothes you crazed jilt answered the other with an accent of great indignation oh dear tyburn tam man what ill will the blades of the young wheat do to the poor nag that is not the question said the other robber but what the country will say to us to-morrow when they see him in such quarters go tom and bring him in and avoid the soft ground my lad leave no hoof-track behind you i think you give me always the fag of it whatever is to be done 
grumbled his companion leap lawrence you're long enough said the other and the fellow left the barn accordingly without farther remonstrance in the meanwhile madge had arranged herself for repose on the straw but still in a half-sitting posture with her back resting against the door of the hovel which as it opened inwards was in this manner kept shut by the weight of the person there's more shifts by stealing Jeanie, said madge wildfire though whiles i can hardly get our mother to think so what would have thought but myself of making a bolt of my own backbane but it's no so strong as the that i have seen in the tollbooth at edinburgh the hammermen of edinburgh are to my mind afore the world for making stanchions ring-bolts fetter-bolts bars and locks and they arena that bad at girdles for car-cakes neither though the cutross hammermen have the gree for that my mother had once a bonny cutross girdle and i thought to have baked car-cakes on it for my poor ween that's dead and gone nay far away but we maun a dee ye can jeanie you cameronian bodies ken that brawlies and ye're for making a hell upon earth that ye may be less unwilling to part with it but as touching bedlam that ye were speaking about i's never recommend it muckle the taygate or the other be it right be it wrong but ye ken what the song says and pursuing the unconnected and floating wanderings of her mind she sung aloud in the bonny cells of bedlam ere i was one-and-twenty i had hempen bracelets strong and merry whips ding-dong and prayer and fasting plenty well jeanie i am something hoarse the night and i canna sing muckle more and troth i think i am gone to sleep she drooped her head on her breast a posture from which jeanie who would have given the world for an opportunity of quiet to consider the means and the probability of her escape was very careful not to disturb her after nodding however for a minute or two with her eyes half closed the unquiet and restless spirit of her malady again assailed madge she raised her head and spoke but with a lowered tone which was again gradually overcome by drowsiness to which the fatigue of a day's journey on horseback had probably given unwonted occasion i dinna ken what makes me so sleepy i almost never sleep till my bonny lady moon gangs till her bed more by token when she's at the full ye ken rowing aboon us yonder in her grand silver coach i have danced to her my lane sometimes for very joy and whiles dead folk came and danced with me the like of jock porteous or anybody i had kenned when i was living for ye mon ken i was once dead myself here the poor maniac sung in low and wild tone my banes are buried in yon kirkyard so far ayont the sea and it is but my blithesome ghost 
that's speaking now to thee but after all jeanie my woman nobody kens well what's living and what's dead or what's gone to fairyland there's another question whiles i think my poor bairn's dead ye ken very well it's buried but that signifies nothing i have had it on my knee a hundred times and a hundred till that since it was buried and how could that be were it dead ye ken it's merely impossible and here some conviction half overcoming the reveries of her imagination she burst into a fit of crying and ejaculation woe's me woe's me woe's me till at length she moaned and sobbed herself into a deep sleep which was soon intimated by her breathing hard leaving jeanie to her own melancholy reflections and observations End of chapter 5